Hi, everyone. Welcome to Real Life with Pamela Lau. I have a really special program that I've put together for today, so I can hardly wait for you, and I just want to jump right in. But before I do, I just want to let you know that the two women who are part of this program, uh, Dr. Adrian Oaks and Dr. Linda Wagner, are also dear friends, and they have agreed to help facilitate um, a really difficult conversation on cross-racial friendship and speaking into racial justice issues. We are going to talk about particularly how mine and Adrian Oaks' friendship started. Adrian is a black woman from Delaware, and I'm a white woman from New Jersey. We're going to talk about our different experiences in the daily of life and our shared determination of what how we see um, you know, how, what we want to see happen to further social justice in the church and in society. So hang on tight. It's an intense conversation, but I really hope that you will take to heart some of the takeaways that we talk about at the end of this conversation. We're going to jump right in. Adrian is starting off letting you know uh, about the day we met. Here we go. I, upon, I would say with the first month or so of moving here, I went to the, to a women's retreat at our church and the speaker was Pam Lau and the teaching was very good as I would expect, because I read the bio, it was very good. And then I remember being on the grounds of the Christian retreat center and the speaker, Pam Lau coming up to me and greeting me. And so, you know, and I returned the greeting, hi, you know, she said, hi, I said, hi. And I thought that that was enough. And as we think back on that exchange, you know, we, I, I say what Pam did was she pursued me, right? <laughs> so one thing, one thing I have to say from the outset was being a black person in Oregon, I'm very rare, mm-hmm. very rare. Mm-hmm. And I say that because if I go to a store, if I walk down the street, if I go to work, I am, and I would say with near certainty, always the only black mm-hmm. person. So the fact that, you know, Pam, you know, we, we exchanged greetings and she just wouldn't let it go. I mean, typically, you know, if, if someone speaks to me here, because I'm the only one, I'm used to being alone, not lonely, but alone. Right. And I'm okay mm-hmm. with that because I have many friends, many friends, but from a stranger, you know, to keep pursuing me, hi, where are you from? That, and I'm like, okay, so I answered the question and that wasn't enough. She kept pursuing me. And that was different than my normal exchange here in Oregon. And when she asked, you know, where was I from? I said, oh, I'm from the East Coast. Somewhere. She said, wait, I'm from New Jersey. And she had this exuberance. And I said, oh, no wonder, no wonder you're, you're in my mind, I'm thinking, no wonder you're different because she had this kind of cultural, cultural swagger that I wasn't used to in this excitement <laughs> for strangers, which of course, I, I, it, it just really intrigued me. And I said, yes. And then we became fast friends right there on the spot. So much so that, you know, the people, the other women in the church, the other church women, oh, who is she? Do they know each other? And, you know, they were, they, they, they were curious how, to, how this friendship happened so fast, but it was so fast and it was so intentional and it was so meaningful. And then Pam followed it up with um, inviting my family, so married husband and three kids, three growing kids, so five of us, to her home to meet mm-hmm. her family. And I was like, oh, will we ever come? Absolutely, because no one else was inviting us. So yeah, we'd love to come. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's how we first met. And so I, it was a heart-to-heart connection based on action, trust, mm-hmm. and passion. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, yeah, do you yeah. want to tell your side of that? <laughs> you know, what's so funny about that first meeting, I think we should let people know, that was 
2007. I mean, that was oh. a long time ago. So, right? Or was it Two, earlier? No, it was earlier than that. Was it? That okay. would have been six years ago, Pam. No, seven. 2007. Right now it's, oh, <laughs> time, time, time. Yeah. So, it was about 2007. You're right. I was thinking but, it was 2013 right now. Okay, that's all right. It's 2020. <laughs> but what I remember, Adrian, oh, anything that day was that, yes, the room full of women and sensing your spirit across the room. Mm. I remember that. I, I, I don't know if that's a Jersey thing. <laughs> But I, you know, I want to, I want to say I, I was only living in Oregon a short time at that point and had moved from the East coast. And even though I'm not a black woman, I felt the, I felt sort of this, I don't know, I call it a cultural norm. And I remember sharing this with Linda just recently that it, it feels like everyone gives you a lot of space. But when I walked into that room, I will never forget it was this is as if I felt a sister in the room. Mm -hmm. And I just, I, I, it's like God led me right to her. So anyway, Amen. I, that, Amen. Was, that was my, my feeling that I had. So when she agreed for her family to come and meet mine, of course, we did some fun things after that together too. You know, we went downtown Portland and things, but, but I want to say the story that stays with me the most about if, about our friendship, Adrian, and I don't even know if you're going to remember this. Uh oh. <laughs> but but a few years into I, I and I don't know when um, I was trying to, you know, write the book, the second book. Remember, mm -hmm. and I sat with you at a coffee shop, and I you're not going to remember this. Okay. And and I said, Adrian, I got to tell you how I'm feeling about living here, and I was so mm -hmm. I'm. I was talking about that. I was talking about this book and you said, Pam, we're going to do something about this. And I will never forget the way she said we, because not too many people talk to me that way. And that is really the heart of my love for her is that I would tell her how I feel. And she would say, Hmm, we not like, Oh, you know, she didn't dismiss me or anything like that. And I, I don't know if that's what everyone gets to experience in all of their mm. friendships, but Adrian, that for me is mm. what keeps me so connected in the heart is um, that shoulder to shoulder we. Mm. So that is one of my, my strongest memories. Amen, amen. That's, that's nice. really powerful because we all know friendships can start and then not continue or not have the substance in them to maintain over time. Are there other things that you feel like have really strengthened or maintained your friendship in strong ways hmm. from either one of you? Well, eight, wait, do you want to talk? Do you want to go? Yeah, I mean, there are just, there are just so many things and I think the willingness to always be there and be honest and open mm. about, you know, what it is we're going through, or if we haven't talked for a number of months, mm. <laughs> because Which it was your feels really long to me, by the way. <laughs> exactly. And then to which I reply, oh, stop it, Pam. You know, I'm I know. Always that's here. what he says stop to me. It. Stop it. it. <laughs> because, because the feeling is there. And I know that if I needed anything or if I called mm -hmm. and said, I need prayer about this or, you know, whatever it is, I always have her heart and her time. Mm -hmm. 
And I can't say that about a lot of my Christian friends, their true heart and their time for things that matter to me, because culturally they may not matter to her, but I know in that moment they do. Mm. Mm. That's interesting. Um, Adrian, do you remember um, when you, what you gave me once for my birthday? I don't, I'm not a gift person. I must have meant it. What did I give you? I you, gave give me, you gave me Wonder Women PJs. Because <laughs> <laughs> you had a party. You had a party. Yes. Yes. And all these people came together. Yes. What, I sure so anyway, I, that's just something that I have this. I, I still saved the shirt. I don't know if I have that, but I still saved the shirt. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and, that, and I agree with Adrian in that whenever, that's the other thing when you ask about, you know, our friendship, when we invite each other to things, we show up. Mm -hmm. I mean, we show up and she invites me into her community, mm -hmm. you know, and mm -hmm. I love it. And I don't, mm -hmm. you know, and she comes to my crazy things or whatever, you know, I mean, there's just this, we don't, we don't, we're not pretentious mm -hmm. about saying, oh, I'm, I'm too busy or, you know. Yeah. Because then we'd follow up with, what do you mean? Too busy with what? what yeah. are you talking about? <laughs> right. Why can't I, why can't I come over? Right. But it's, it's that vulnerability cross culturally, right? I mean, it's one thing to have this conversation with your sister, you know, your, your blood sister or with your cousin or something. No, but I would say to your listeners, do you have a relationship that's so different from how you're raised, from your culture, how you've grown up that you can mm -hmm. be real with? That's where the richness comes in. So when it went mm -hmm. from me to we, I mean it, you know, as mm -hmm. black culture, it's a we, it's a we thing. So when you go through things, I jump in it with you and I say, what are we? going to do about it whatever whatever it is because we are in this together and I think that adds something to to your life you know that that, that type of culture broadens it right broadens Absolutely. it and yeah and gives you something that you wouldn't have gotten from someone else right some someone else mm -hmm. that that didn't have this racial and ethnic background no and and I think that the other thing Adrian is you're always honest with me about when, like, if, how do I say this? I remember the first time, and I, I don't want to jump too ahead to this too soon, but I remember the first time you told me how it felt for you to live in Oregon. Mm. Mm -hmm. And I, again, I, I think I was pretty odd. I'm like, well, explain, you know, talk to me about that. Mm -hmm. And because of the established relationship we had. Right. Okay. Right. You could tell me that, she feels a certain re resistance or whatever it might be. She, you're, the one story I remember is like when an elevator would open or something like that. And a part of me, right? A part of me said, that's just can't be, that can't be true, right? That didn't happen. Mm -hmm. But she, my friend just told me that. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, and so when I felt that, when I felt the empathy of like, what on earth did she have to experience? then I feel like God was opening my heart to start saying, you can't say that to us. Mm. Mm. You know what I mean? But be yeah. and, and, re and react and That's react wrong. to, and, and react to us that way. And I'm certain that what, what I shared was um, the surprise when the elevator opens or, or when I turn around the corner and I, and yeah. I appear as an educator, I appear as whatever it is. You know, <laughs> I mean, there's always the shock because they don't expect me there good, bad, or indifferent, but if you mm -hmm. are at work in the capacities that I work in and you open up the door, they aren't going to expect a black woman. I get that. 
I understand that. And I'm just saying after years of, you know, the shock of it all. And you said, mm -hmm. oh no, you know, is, is that, is that really true? And you're like, well, she's saying it to me. It, it must be true, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And, but that's like you said, payments because of relationship. Many times without relationships, mm -hmm. people will say, I can't believe you'll go through that. I can't believe that still happens. And, and it stopped right there. And I, and I take them at their word. They cannot believe. Right. Mm -hmm. But you believe me because mm -hmm. of our friendship. That's the difference. Hmm. And be, because of that, you two have, it sounds like, been able to share perspectives from your own lived lives, where you mm -hmm. are living your lives, and grow from each other. Can you share a little bit more about that, about some of the, Pam, maybe what you've heard, or Adrian, what you've heard from Pam, or just some ways you've opened up each other's eyes about things? Hmm. And well, I how, can, your, I can how your experiences, how your day-to-day -day experiences in some ways, I think are so similar because your personalities are so <laughs> fun and good with people and you draw people in. And yet, because you do have other differences that put you in different circumstances, what are those like? And how, how do they come out in your friendship? And what have you learned from each other about, about just what life looks like? Well, the first thing that comes to my mind, if I can, if I can go first, Adrian, is that okay? Mm -hmm. Well, when Adrian shares these things, these experiences with me, and and I, 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 per I have to tell you something, Adrian. It really means a lot to me when we're in person and we talk. I don't know yeah. why, but I, I get the full. You know, I can call her on the phone, but I get the full uh, experience of knowing what you're feeling. When I, when we're face to face, when we sit in our coffee shop and we, you know, that little one in Sherwood that we like, you mm -hmm, know, mm -hmm. and you tell me your story, um, I, I go to a place um, where I'm listening so deeply to you that what happens is I go back to my university to teach and I have a, a my black students walk into my classroom and I'm, 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 I'm like not the same person because of what my friend just told me. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, I think, no, isn't this great? You know, this person must just feel so a part of our community because they are coming into the class or because they live on campus. No, 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 no. Because of what my friend has shared with me, I guess that's where I'm saying this is the differences that have changed me. Mm -hmm. I... I used to, I think before, because of my personality, I would just like, I can make anyone feel comfortable mm. because I love them. I will, I'll welcome them. And actually that's, that's kind of a, that's not humble. We don't know what someone is going through when they walk yeah. in through a mm. Um, mm. ending. And that goes, that doesn't, that goes through my, for my, my black students, my Asian students, that goes for all my, because they are experiencing, they come with a schemata of life that I didn't know anything about, but that's where, because Adrienne's so honest with me and because she tells me why she said, talks about the things she talks about, I'm like, oh my goodness, I have, I have, I had no idea um, that I could be so foolish to think I know where someone's coming from. That's kind of what I guess I would say. And I, I don't even mm. know if that makes any sense, but that's mm. what I think you presume 
Well, and I, I, I think you're being a little harsh. Okay. Because what I appreciate, Pam, is that you realize that, oh, the lens I'm looking through was my lens. And I'm thinking that's the right way. You know, how do you make people feel comfortable? You make people feel comfortable by, and then fill out the blank, right? Fill in the blank. Yes, yes. But that's according to you. Right. And when I think about the golden rule, do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. Aha, uh -huh. no, no, no. Mm -hmm. The platinum rule, right? You do unto others as they would have you, wait, do unto others as they would have you do unto them. Mm -hmm. Is that right? Others as you, yeah. <laughs> no, no, you, you do unto others what they want done to them. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And that's through relationship. Mm -hmm. It's through relate. So instead of saying, oh, in order to make, you know, the women's ministry run effectively, we will, you know, serve muffins and juice or serve muffins and milk. Okay. That's what you do. But if you're, if you want to go cross-culturally, mm. it's very simple. A lot of lactose intolerance with people of color. Mm. So you don't serve muffins and milk like you'd want perhaps you do something lactose free because that's what they want simple right so you don't do what you want done you want what they want and you only know that through relationship yes that's a good way mm -hmm. to put it that's and i think of i think and and in our talk today i really want to focus on believers right because we 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 know how to do relationships so we think and my in my um, christian walk especially with my white friends. I always want to say, who is that centering, right? Are you looking out mm. for you? Are you looking out for them? Oh, well, this, this is how we do it. This is, this is perfect. Perfect for who? Mm. And what you do, Pam, you're like, oh, I see. You know, it's okay to do something in the rain because rain will dry off of my hair, but I am, I'm not considering everybody. You know, so th those are mm. simple, simple mm -hmm. examples. But when you think about not just your own group, but other groups. Mm. That's where the growth comes in. And that's what you did. That's different. Mm. Mm -hmm. You consider other groups. Mm. Well, amen. Praise yeah. God. And I'm, and I'm part of an other group, right? I'm not, yeah. I'm not the typical Oregonian. I'm not the Pam Lau typical friend. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But you still considered me because you know I'm made in the image of God. You know my value. You know my worth. But how many times as believers, we don't see our fellow man, woman mm -hmm. as equal right? Yeah, in the church? And what does that look like when we aren't seen as equal? What do we do? How do we act? And are we bold enough to admit that, yes, I don't see that person equal mm -hmm. to me? <laughs> well, have, have you heard people admit that? Not in word, but in deed. And Adrian, in deeds, in actions. That, have you felt that more in living here in Oregon than in other parts? Um, of well, not necessarily. Not, what, what makes Oregon different is that, you know, we are so few, right? Yeah. So then you, you get the reaction. And then, you know, and then you aren't going to have as many cultural spaces, multicultural spaces, right? Mm -hmm. So that, that's what makes it a little, a little bit different, a lot different. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, so who, who, who are you centering? Who are you catering to? And is in, in your mind, do you really believe that everybody's made in God's image and equal? Yeah, yeah. And that really, okay, I would like to say how else, if I can just make an application here for just a second, mm -hmm. our, our young people are watching. Mm -hmm. 
Absolutely. And so when, when Adrian and I started picking up the phone a lot more these last few months, and mm-hmm. I would hear about the events that were happening around the nation through her lens, okay, I automatically, you know, through, through, I'm telling you, crying before the Lord, asking him for help, asking him for insight, asking for him to intervene, to bring repentance to us. I remember really starting to pray for the young children who were living in homes while people talked about this. Mm. And that is where our relationship started to influence the way I was seeing other families here. I don't know if that makes any sense, but it's like, okay, if, if we don't talk more about what she just shared with me, okay, then, then there's not going to be any change because the young children are watching us. They're listening to us talk in the homes. They're listening, they're watching us on social media and they're picking up this verbiage. And then I'm thinking, how is anything ever gonna change? And that's where, I, if I, I don't know if this is making sense, but that's yeah. where listening to you and you telling me things, it's like, keep talking to me so that I can keep talking, you know? I don't, that's-, that's And, and, just, and the, just the fact that because we have this friendship, this unique friendship, we're, we're able to learn from each other. You know, I mean, I, I've, I've grown up in a white society, right? I know how you guys live, work, and play as much as I can, right? But the challenge is for our sisters in the faith, do you go outside of your culture and to see how other people live, work, and play? And if not, why not? You know, that's where the growth comes in, right? And when I think about, you know, not even current events, but when I think about events in this world and and Christians, I often think about outreach and uh, missionaries and, you know, uh, spreading the gospel. And when I think about our churches and how that's laid out, the model that I see is that they go in with all the answers. There's nothing that these poor people can give for them. They have all the answers, right? So it's us versus them. And when I saw that model, and I continue to see it in today's churches, I was like, is there anything that they can do for you? And when you think about, when you think about missionaries coming back from overseas, you know, when they come, they have their mission, they used to have missionary nights in churches, right? They don't have those much anymore. But but they talk and they put on the dress and they talk about how open and how welcoming hmm. the, the, the families are and the people are. That's the we culture. So if nothing else, say that they see community differently. They hmm. see family differently. They see friends differently. You know, they're, they're, everybody can offer something. And I think that's the piece we're missing in the church. When we have our friendships, with people that are just like us. Look what you're missing out on. Hmm. Wow, even just listening, kind of sitting back and listening to both of you, got a bunch of questions in my mind (laughs) that I'm wondering if if other people listening have, and I know we can't do them all. Um, And so let me ask you a couple, and you can go with them or not, or head another direction. But you guys have this amazing friendship not Mm -hmm. everybody who wants to see changes has that friendship rightly or wrongly they just Mm -hmm. don't um 
but can't we all still begin to learn to listen to each other? I mean, I may not have an Adrian. Well, now I do, so I'm thankful yes, for yes, that. But, yes, yes, yes. But, but, I'm but what if I, yes, thank you very much. I have Adrian. I have thanked her for that. <laughs> um, but what if I didn't? You know, mm. and I still want to hear what matters to people that aren't like me. What's the hope for that? How does somebody that's listening to you guys talk today and they're going, I want that friendship, but mm -hmm. I don't have it. Um, how do they start listening? And, yeah. And I told you what Pam modeled. She pursued. Mm -hmm. Because one thing that we know about American society, we are disconnected. We like to say, oh, COVID's keeping us inside. I want to get outside. For what? For individualized things. People are craving connection. If you want to have a friendship with someone unique, someone who, you know, just would completely just blow your mind because of her experiences, ask her. Mm. That's what people aren't doing. Hi, can we meet for coffee? Can we walk around the block? I want to get to know you better. Yeah. Can we meet from two to three on Saturday? That's what people aren't doing. You know, they say they want to know, but they, they, they aren't following through. And if you think about it, people made in God's image, like we all are, I just, I, I'm mercy driven, but I, I just can't imagine people say, no, I, I won't meet you. I, I don't like you. There's no way we could be friends. We are crave, we, we, we crave interaction. We crave connection. Well, I, I love that because I'm sitting here thinking, you're right. I know that there's a lot of disconnection going on. But I want to add, I know I'm hearing all the voices in my head of the women who've said, but I have pursued so and so and they don't they don't respond or they don't reach back out. So mm -hmm. I would like to add to what Adrian's saying and say, stop it. You know, stop being the one who ignores the texts and who ignores the calls or mm -hmm. who, who doesn't mm -hmm. follow back through mm -hmm. and say, hey, mm -hmm. last week. You mentioned us getting together, and you know what? I would like to do that. Here's when I can. Like, like, mm. let, don't mm -hmm. just rely on someone else to do this. So, mm -hmm. but I'm. I want to go back to what you're saying. If you want to get to know someone who's different than you, and you want to get out of your comfort zone, don't just try once. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Go back. I mean, Adrian was un unusual in some ways in that you trusted me right away. You didn't think I, I mean, maybe you thought I had an material motive. I don't no, know. But. I didn't have anything to offer. So that, that was good. You would have been very disappointed. Right. But I, you know, you don't know. But so, but, but, but that's what I think that, that sometimes there is some like testing of the waters going on. Like, okay, I want to get to, so I'm saying to everyone who's listening, start responding to those, those outreach. You know, if someone says, I want to get together, mm -hmm. believe them. Don't think, you know, and follow. Mm -hmm. But then I would also say, I, I'm going to go as far as saying, I don't think it's Christian to only pursue people who are like you. Mm. I really don't. I do not think that it is, there's anything in scripture that just says, it says be like-minded, but I think the reason that we have the command to be like-minded is because we're not. <laughs> nice that's good right i mean that's so good. i have a problem with only hanging out with i've got enough people who you know look like me sound like me but i think we need a little surprise in the world 
So I agree. Reach out, but don't give up so easily and, and follow mm-hmm. through. That's and, cool. Yeah, that's good. That's good. And also, uh, you know, going after what Jesus went after and who Jesus went after, mm-hmm. right? The least of these. Well, you let's know. talk about mm-hmm. that, Adrian. What do you yeah. mean? When you say mm-hmm. that? Okay. Say a little more, okay. please. Yeah. 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 So I'm, I'm reminded of a, a John Perkins. Oh, love him. Love him. Mm-hmm. He had, has Bible study every Tuesday in this. Um, and I just got a quote that came to him from a little prayer um, email that I get every day, but I'm going to read this. It's from his book, uh, dream with me. Mm-hmm. It says, no matter how much people have been oppressed or how much they have oppressed others, the part of them made in God's image mm-hmm. is worth rescuing and restoring. Mm-hmm. And that, that kind of colors what I do and how I do mm-hmm. it. Because it, it's easy to go after the people that have it all together, right? The movie stars, you know, whatever, whatever. The biggest, the best, the brightest. That's easy. But Jesus said, you know, <laughs> oh. Oh, no. Prison, hungry, feeding the widows, those are all the places where he is, where he expects us to show up. And those are the needy. Mm -hmm. I want you to say it again. You just got disconnected. Jesus said. Uh, When we were in prison and visited him not. Mm -hmm. Yes. Right? The widows, taking care of the widows taking care of the orphans, all those places, the marginalized people. And we say margins because they're pushed out in society, right? And that's, oh, it's like, oh, pushed. So when we think about who in our society, in our Christian society, who's pushed out? Mm-hmm. And in, in my mind, I think, who's not on the platform? In your churches, who's mm-hmm. not on the platform? Mm-hmm. Those are the ones that are pushed out. Mm-hmm. Now, my guess is that if you're if you look a certain way, if you weigh a certain amount, if you have a certain income level, mm-hmm. live in a certain house, drive a certain car, mm-hmm. you're elevated. Mm-hmm. That's easy. Mm-hmm. Go to the margins, ones that are pushed out because no one's going to them. Mm-hmm. And just think how rich your life could be if you found out what it's like if you were a, <laughs> won't even do the obvious, a single mom. No, that's easy. If you were a widow, who lost their husband tragically, who now has to go to work and never worked before, mm-hmm. not invited to women's Bible studies for all kinds of reasons, right? Talk to her. That's where Jesus is. Mm-hmm. Talk to the student who, who's the only Christian in their family. But going back to you, what you Sorry. said earlier too, Adrian. <laughs> well, I want to circle back with this because, yeah. because it's not just so that you can do something for them. No, it's no. How can they? Enrich- it's because of the relationship. And Absolutely. I think if, if the heart of my relationship with you, Adrian, is we, we're like little girls. Hmm. You know, I mean, we're like, we're like the two 10 year old girls jumping rope together. There nice. is not this, I'm going to do this for you. Mm-mm. No, it's. Mm-mm. It's that model of communication goes back and forth all the time, giving, receiving, in, you know, work it, but it's not because one of us has more than the other or something. No, no, you're not, you're not my charity event. No. I'm not your charity event now, which isn't to say at times we need to call on each other, but that, that's what friends do. Right, exactly. But, mm-hmm. but when it comes to what 
that widow could help me with. You know, you know, when you have poor friends and you see them stretch a dollar, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or you have poor friends, you could see them go into a kitchen and whip something up out of nothing. Mm -hmm. Or you have really wealthy friends who can do things with money that you hadn't even considered, right? It's what, it's what they put into your life because they're made in God's image. Mm -hmm. They have something to offer and we have something to offer them, but it's through relationship, right? So sitting in our house by ourselves, nope, on, on computer, that's not enough. You're not going to get it. You know, so, so now bringing this all back to the cross-cultural stuff, right? So in light of what's going on here, I can tell you how I live my life as a black Christian woman. And I do. I can tell you how I feel you know, left out of the evangelical Christian movement. When I see on TV, evangelical Christians speaking, mm -hmm. and I'm thinking they're not speaking for me. Mm -hmm. And I can tell you what that means um, without judgment, without um, belittling or, but mm -hmm. that, that, that's my experience. And I'm able to do that because we have relationship and because I'm different from you, when you entered into it, you learn a lot mm -hmm. from me and I learn a lot from you. Mm. And you explain how evangelical Christians see things, right? It's like, how in the world can they, can they go for this? <laughs> and then you tell me, mm -hmm. I said, Oh, I see. Interesting. And yet all the while, Adrian, I don't think I ever felt like you were ever critical of me. And I think that's really important. Do you understand mm -hmm. what I mean by that? Mm -hmm. Like you didn't, you didn't pull away from me because I'm a white, even, you know what I mean? Because right. of my, mindset, my mindset, in fact, I think that there, I think that there's a deeper love because when I share with you about the grievous hurts that I've experienced from either my growing up family or, you know, other wounds <laughs> like that. I feel like that just opens doors for you to even tell me more. I can't mm -hmm. explain it, mm -hmm. but there's not this judgment. There's not it's the vulnerability, the yeah. vulnerability that you share. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we and if, mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And I remember um, recently we were talking about the, the protests in Portland and, and Pam, you had said, oh, but I heard about the Black Lives Matter movement and they're against the nuclear family and all these things that they said to go against the evangelical movement. And I wanna say something about that. Um, I've been pondering that and that's what a lot of evangelical Christians say. And, I, and mm. the Lord showed me the Black Lives Matter movement is a secular movement. We can't apply Christian principles on top of something secular. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. And I said, and I was thinking, hmm, there are many organizations that white evangelical Christians ascribe to. They're secular. They are not Christian. Mm -hmm. And they go for that. And I'll say, yeah, but. Right. And I mm -hmm. think that same grace needs to be applied mm -hmm. to movements that are secular. And mm -hmm. as a Christian, we have the right and we have the responsibility to invade those spaces yeah. with Christian mm -hmm. love and in the relationship, I I you know, so, 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 so I, I, I want to make that loud and clear, mm -hmm. a secular movement. Mm -hmm. So when a Christian says you can't uphold all of the things that a secular movement, that's, right. upholds, that's great. Because even, even if, if you have a plumber, a, pl a secular plumber, you're not going to agree with everything they do, but go fix the pipes. Right. So for an organization, yeah. I don't agree, but I do want to stop the violence. <laughs> but but I want to say too, there's a lot in evangelical Christianity I don't agree with. <laughs> but that's not what's happening here, right? That's not what's happening. What, but what I they're don't saying. subscribe to everything they do. Do you see what I'm saying? It. I agree with you. Okay. And, 
And let, can we also please note that Adrian and I had that conversation? Yes, yep, sure did. And and I'm I'm feeling as the facilitator <laughs> of this conversation, like we just need to go get more coffee and hear more about this, and it would keep going. Mm -hmm. But I have a feeling that we're going to be running out of time here in a minute. So, so I want to just draw you back together yes. again as Thank kind you. of one voice. Okay. And and say in in all of this, Adrian, since you brought up what's going on right now, mm -hmm. of course, as not only friends with each other, but just as citizens of our city and nation and world, I mean, it's heartbreaking and it's sobering. And and so I'm wondering, do you, as individuals or as friends or coming together, do you have something that you have a shared determination about that mm. you both would like to see happen that you are coming alongside each other and saying yes we're in this together in this way and we're in this together each in our own spheres of influence too separately mm -hmm. but how would you draw us to an end here and send us off with something to think about um as we're looking at the world around us um from you as friends who are looking at this world around us together right now. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That if you can do that, if not, just go where you want to go and Pam will tell us when we have to stop. Okay. I would say, uh, first and foremost, you know, be a missionary here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> be a missionary here on earth and go after relationships. Mm -hmm. Relationships with anyone that's made in God's image. And that's everyone. Everyone. Yep. <laughs> right? Yep. But we have to be missionary minded and make this an outreach effort because when we come together with people that are unlike us, our lives are made better. It's, we have the proximity to various levels of pain that we would not have had. And when you, when you have that proximity, you see things differently on the news, in your classroom, on the job, right? Because of interactions that you had. And my belief is that life can only get better when we share God's love with his people, open up, have those deep conversations over time, and ultimately draw people to him. That's the Great Commission. That, that's what we're here to do. Well, and I agree with that, Adrian, 100%, but I also want to go back to a conversation that the three of us had earlier. Um, and I want to quote, actually, where Jesus talks about, he says in Matthew, think not that I come to bring peace. I've, I've mm. come not to bring peace, but a sword. Mm. And then we were talking earlier about the Jeremiah 614 verse where Jeremiah, or we're we saying, you know, stop telling my people that there's peace, peace, everything's going to be okay. And if there's a, a shared determination that mm -hmm. I feel with with all of this is not every person in America who is black is okay. They're not okay. Stop telling them they shouldn't feel this way. They are, they don't have peace. There is not peace. And I believe that the Lord Jesus, who came with a double-edged sword, by the way, truth and mercy, he mm. is not happy with us trying to cover this wound and say, Ooh. come on, everybody, everybody, it's gonna be okay. Is, aren't things better now? You know, stop, stop. That's good. And that's what I feel is the shared that's good. Stop saying peace, peace when there's not peace. Mm. And I think that takes intentionality. Mm -hmm. 
So, and wow. I would I would add to that um, as we're wrapping up something from a conversation I was in today about mm. the Psalms being able to be looked at in orientation, disorientation, and reorientation. And part of that uh, disorientation is disequilibrium. And disequilibrium is really uncomfortable, but yes. that's where we learn and grow. And so to stop saying there's peace when there isn't, mm. honestly, for a lot of us, is going to be disequilibrium, and it's going to be uncomfortable. And that's okay, I would say, too, that it's okay when there's, like, the grace and mercy and friendship you've given each other. It's okay to grow through the bumps that we have to grow through to get to where, if we're saying peace, mm -hmm. it really is peace. And realizing that some groups of people are going to have to give things up. And yeah. I think that's where the disconnect comes in. It'd be a lot easier just continue down your down your road, right? And if you say that, you know, peace, this is the everything's great. And you're and gonna that, have to yeah, be uncomfortable in yeah. in finding out that it isn't if you're living in the skin that I'm living in, which yes. is the white skin, and mm -hmm. and that's got that pain has to be okay. <laughs> that yes. lament and sorrow and um, and then growth from there, because growth comes out of disequilibrium and discomfort. We're not yes. going to get there if we're not discomforted for some of us. And if we don't share the truth. Yep. Right? And, and acknowledge the past. That's important, right? And we, we haven't even gotten to that. We didn't talk about the history, but that's our history, and that's okay. But we can still grow together and grow through yes. the present yes. together. And that's... That's the hope that I have for our church and ultimately for the gospel. And, and it's, it's my hope that we have it here on earth, but it will take a lot of changing yep. of we're God's with people. You, sister. We're with you. We're hoping for them. And we're headed towards, and this maybe is the note to end on, not okay. in a false sense of peace, peace, but we're headed towards the joy of the Lord. And when we're mm -hmm. in interaction with each other in really true and honest ways, that's the joy that we get. Um, yes. One of the joys we get. And it's what I see in you two when you're together. It brings me joy to see you interact with each other. And I, I'm sure your listeners heard that Amen. Um, with your voices with each other. Amen. Well, there's so much more. And I think that I would like to actually say the next time, I think we need to talk about what Adrian just brought up and what Linda was commenting on. On So what are some of those things we need to give up? So I'm going to leave mm. that. Ooh. Think about. What do we need to give up? Because we're called to be crucified. So mm. daily, daily, daily. It's not comfortable. Hey everyone, it's Pam again. Thanks for taking the time to listen to our conversation on cross-racial friendship and racial justice issues. I, I just wanted to take a minute to, to let everyone know that if you would like to have a further conversation with Adrian, Linda, and I, we are very open to that. We knew that when we started this back about three or four months ago, that as educators, we wanted to speak about the tension, the joys, and the similarities and the differences of having a cross-racial friendship. But we also, as educators, wanted to be a part of building up the church in this area. 
So if those of you who are listening are part of a church leadership team, or maybe you're someone in your uh, circle who wants to have uh, a convert difficult conversation with the people you have community with, we are so wanting to be a part of that. We want you to reach out, send an email or a text. You can find that information on my website at PamelaLau.com. You can also uh, go ahead and go through my Instagram account at PamelaHaveyLau and send me a direct message there. But just to um, end this time today, I wanted to let you know about the two people who were on this podcast, uh, both Dr. Um, Adrian Oaks and Dr. Linda Wagner, both work in the field of education. Uh, Adrian has a very specific focus. Um, She was in academic and student affairs as well as high school equivalency. She is passionate about increasing awareness of and advancing access to quality education among youth and adults in addition to education. She has a graduate level training in demography um, and rural sociology. So Adrienne is a joy to know. She loves public speaking and traveling, women's ministry. She has an incredible family and loves spending time with her friends. And Dr. Wagner, Linda, she has also worked in higher education and publishing and with the nonprofit world. Um, she, her current work centers on encouraging development of the practice of dialogue with God and prayer for intimacy with God. And her joy in life, along with her time with God, comes from getting to know new people and from exploring a lot of varieties and ideas. She currently lives in Portland, Oregon, but is a former uh, Seattle resident. And she is someone who has the deep set skill of listening. So thank you again for being a part of this program.